Corinthians. We're driving. Hey, good Whoa. morning. Uh, good evening, whatever. This Happy is John and Jeff, and we're on the other side of the pulpit. Uh, John's a preacher's kid, and I'm a preacher. And together, we come together and discuss uh, information that in the Bible to help us understand things better and to help us be better ministers to those who don't know Jesus. We hope and pray that this um, that you find some information here that can help you um, learn more about God and that will help um, help you get more interested in serving and glorifying God and and, and studying His Word. Um, John, being a preacher's kid, has, has done a lot of helping me being a, a pastor and having kids um, to help me keep from making mistakes uh, as a parent, um, though he's not a great teacher because I've still made some mistakes. If you don't believe me, ask my kids. But uh, anyway, uh, we come together and have discussions, and we're, we record these discussions and put them on here for you to, to enjoy. Um, let's open with prayer. Dear Lord, Father, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for all your many blessings. Father, we ask you to be with each one of us, um, both me and John, Lord, and any of the listeners that, that listen to this, uh, that you'll just reveal your, your word to us so that we can understand it and glorify you. Father, we ask God in your son's holy name. Amen. All right, John. What's the, the theological question of the day? What's preaching? What's preaching? That's getting God's <laughs> word out, isn't it? <laughs> it it's just simple. It's just, just, boy, we just went off on that, didn't we? Yeah, we, we, did. we, we we're not even doing anything we talked about. Uh, <laughs> We don't, we don't pre-plan this anyway. We just uh, <laughs> we got to talking and just t- turned on the the recorder. Um, you uh, you and I were talking about just a second ago. The subject came up about um, taking pieces of the scripture out to use it and not really getting the whole thing. And I, um, I had a college professor um, make a statement. Me said not to me, but to the class said. Most people know Romans eight twenty eight, and we all quoted it. And he said, "What's Romans eight twenty nine? And everybody just kind of looked at each other, and and one person started to say it, and then another person, and we're like, um, "We think we we know this." And he's like, "Yeah, you 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 know it because you just, but you don't know it." And the yeah. reason why is because we pick out verses of scripture, and uh, you know the verse of scripture where it says, <laughs> is <laughs> If your hand offend thee, cut it off. If there have been people that literally took that verse out of context and cut off their hand, and that's not at all what God was trying to tell us to do. Well, there have been people today that have taken hand sanitizer to get rid of the coronavirus, too. <laughs> and washed your food in Clorox, okay? Yes. I mean, literally. Anyway. Yeah, we don't want to do that. So well, we want to take the word and be good with... But you, uh, you got... What, what, Go ahead. What preaching is, we, we have this preconceived idea that preaching is getting up in a, in a pulpit somewhere or on a stage in an auditorium or up before a big large crowd or standing on the soapbox on the street corner and get up and shouting and screaming and banging on stuff and trying to tell people about the Word of God. Well, simply what preaching is, is proclaiming the Word of God correctly. Yes. Rightly dividing the truth, I believe. So. Rightly dividing the Paul truth. Just as it says, as Paul says in Timothy, uh, and it's not necessarily getting all emotionally involved with something. It's just handing the truth out and handing the word out. And what what you what you got is people that come in here and they, they pull stuff out 
and make a message around it and preach your message around it. Is it true? Yeah, the way they're talking about it is true. It makes good subject matter. But it's not necessarily scripturally sound and correct in what's coming out. Mm-hmm. If that makes any yes. sense. Just it like you were talking about Romans. Uh, everybody knows it, the, the part of Romans. But yet, it's like... Uh, what you said, John, uh, John three, while ago, there everybody knows John three sixteen. Yeah, but you don't know John three seventeen or three eighteen or three fifteen or three fifteen. <laughs> it basically says the same thing as sixteen, but nobody knows what fifteen is. Yeah, and they don't even know why John three sixteen exists, other than that God tells is telling us that we love the, He loved the world, right? But you don't realize that in John three sixteen, He's talking to Nicodemus. He's having a conversation. He's with having Nicodemus. A- and he's trying to explain. And if you go back and start from three one to and go through it, you, you understand a whole lot more than if you just quote one verse of scripture. Yeah. Well, and, and another one of the examples is is and, and I heard this as a kid growing up and growing up and growing up. I've heard this. I can't tell you how many proclaimers or preachers or, or expounders that I've heard come up with this one out of First Corinthians, where it says, "I has not seen." nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. I've heard that at funerals. Mm-hmm. I've heard it in revivals. I've heard it in, 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 in uh, things where people's trying to, to, to bring a point out on prophecy. But yet when I read it in the way it's written in Corinthians, the way Paul wrote it, there's something else that's added to that. And, and it comes back, you've got to come back up to verse 7 where it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now, why was it a mystery? It's because this is a mystery that's been revealed to Paul where God took him out in the wilderness when Paul got saved on the road to Damascus. And then God took him out in the wilderness and set him apart and trained him through the Holy Spirit in the wilderness and, and explained to Paul and got Paul to see the mystery of the gospel of grace and the church age which we are now in. Yes, and this is what Paul's trying to say right here, but nobody takes it into consideration. Everybody just goes on, well, this is the things to come. You just don't know the things that God's got in store for you when you get to heaven. Well, no, I don't. But you don't know what the things are that He's got in store for you right this very minute. What does He say? What does Paul say right here in verse 10? It says, uh, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have not crucified the, the Lord of glory. All right, verse 10 says this, but God has revealed. Isn't that present tense? Yes. Has revealed. Yes. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And it goes on to, to expound on that down there. Uh, another one that comes across is about... Uh, uh, how can... How, how do you know you're saved? Well, they take this uh, denominational thing. They take they, <laughs> they come back. Yeah. <laughs> they get into denominational uh, uh, things where they come back in like Mark uh, chapter sixteen verse fifteen, and he said to them, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." All right. Now, now a lot of people take that as being part of the Great Commission. Yeah. Okay? Right. I understand it. It is. All right, verse 16. He says, He who believes that is baptized, a lot of people put that in a doctrinal thing that you can't be saved unless you're baptized. Right. 
He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Here it comes. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will. Those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. They're saying, these, these, these folks that take stuff out, they're saying that unless you speak in tongues and take up the serpent and drink poison and heal people and do all this other stuff, you're not saved. Yeah. That that's a sign that you're saved. I've actually had Baptists um, ask me about that verse of Scripture, and I've had um, other denominations tell me about that verse of Scripture. And... It does not say speaking in tongues, does it? It says speaking, speak, in, a speaking new, in new tongues. You'll have a new way to talk. And you'll the reason why you'll have a new way to talk is because you're a child of God. Um, and and if you want to break that verse down uh, and take some uh, a, a lot of time to do a, an in-depth study of that verse, you'll find out that most people have it wrong today. Because when was the Bible written? It wasn't written today. It was written. In fact, uh, Paul wrote that probably some. Um, well, Paul didn't write not, this. Not Paul. Mark wrote that. Uh, we were talking about Paul a minute ago. Mark wrote that somewhere between sixty and ninety A.D. Yeah, but speaking of Mark, not only not only is this the is this Mark that wrote the book of Mark. This is also this John Mark that went with Paul and Barnabas on their first mission that Paul said, leave him at home. I don't want him coming back with us because he left him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but yet he wrote the book of Mark. Right. And we're going to get off on another subject if we keep talking about that. Yeah, we are. The first division. But you see, if you look at the, the in-depth of that, it, it, it talks about a new tongue. And, and uh, you know, you also... You you also looking at, at the Bible was not written today. It was written see, the New Testament was written between sixty and ninety A.D. The Old Testament was written um, you know four thousand years earlier, I guess, or you know whatever. And uh, um, or not really four thousand, close to that. I mean, there's there's a huge gap between the Old Testament and New New Testament being well, written something like four hundred four hundred years between Malachi years, uh, yeah. and and. Uh, in, in Matthew um, or the New Testament but, but here's the deal see you look at the Bible being written over a 4,000 year period rather um, and people try to use that Bible t- for today's stuff and and some of the things that we that we look at don't apply word for word to us today because um, of the differences in in years yeah. Um, and, and, and just like um, in James, it talks about gay apparel. That's not if you said uh, I want some gay apparel in a, in a, in a department store, they're going to say, "Are you a transvestite, transgender? Or you, do you want um, or do you want are you wanting to dress?" Um, and don't get me wrong. I mean, what just like uh, your Christmas a homosexual song? man dresses to the nines, man. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, no so, doubt. But that's not what he's talking. It has nothing to do with heterosexual, homosexual. It has to do with with the uh, the wealth of someone dressing. Yeah, they dress in in uh, very wealthy and 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 how they look. But you 
So the, the language and terminology is changing. People take all that out of context for today. I, I mean, well, the, it, does it have something to do with with with, with translations changing, not necessarily changing? The interpretation of it, but the way it's worded, because we've changed. We the the word of God has not changed. No. Period. But what has changed is the way that we interpret it and the way that we read the words that are written down. Mm-hmm. It's the same words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just like the Constitution. The Constitution was written that the that the uh, uh, state shouldn't interfere with the church. Right. It's the same words now. Today that were written when it was originally written, right? Yeah. But does it not mean a different thing today? That it oh, they have written? certainly changed. Has, but the word, the, the words are identical. Yes, it's but, just been convoluted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is what 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 denominational people are doing a lot of times. Here's a good example of what you're saying. The Hope Scholarship in the state of Georgia will cover you to go to a secular school. It'll, if you got good grades, it'll cover. Basically, most of your eighty percent of your tuition. Yeah. Okay. I was going to take some seminary classes, and so I called and said, "Can I get the hope?" And they laughed at me. They said, "No." I said, "Why is that?" They said, "Separation of church and state." I said, "What do you mean?" They said, "We're not. We don't do any. We don't fund any um, theological." seminaries or whatever um, those schools are on their own because we separate from church and state I said well you ain't got a problem taking taxes out of my salary she she kind of got mad but the, the separation of church and state has become something that benefits the state, not the church. Yeah. And that's what people have done. And America was founded on Christian beliefs in the fact that they did not want the government telling them how to worship, yet they have done that. And people have come to church, and instead of letting the Bible tell them how to worship, they're telling the word, the Bible how they want to worship. Instead of telling the Bible, that's that's the whole problem, there, John. It's, it's twisted. It's, we're twisting it. We're twisting the things around. The, the 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 it was originally written that the state should not interfere with the church. Right. But now it's turned around that the the state doesn't want the church to interfere with the state. Yes, but the state wants to interfere with the but church. But the state wants to interfere with the church. And that's and that's what's going on in a lot of churches is we've taken and twisted the Word of God around to satisfy ourselves because we've taken the Scripture and just and pieced it together. I heard a wonderful sermon one time uh, up to a point. And at one point, and, and then he stopped. And I was like, you didn't finish the message. He was preaching on John chapter 4 and Jesus so crossing the barriers. And in John chapter 4, he, he goes to the woman at the well who's a Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. And the Jews and Samaritans didn't get along good. And he asked for a drink of water. And the preacher said he crossed the barrier, and he absolutely did. God wants us to cross the barrier to reach over and to get those that are lost. Mm -hmm. But here's what that preacher said. He said Jesus didn't let that barrier stop him. He crossed the barrier. And then this preacher went on to talk about how we're supposed to cross over the barrier 
And then he talked about how we're to cross over that barrier. We need to be like them. And that wasn't the message. See, at that point, the message became bad because he twisted it around to say, you can be like the world to cross the barriers instead of going across the barrier. And if he'd have read the rest of the Scripture, he would Cross the barrier and come back. He crossed the barrier. Jesus really didn't cross the barrier. Right. Jesus tore the barrier down right. so that the woman could cross over to Him. To Him. Yep. That's the yep. thing. He's not telling us to cross the barrier to, to, to live like them. He's saying that you need to reach out and grab those people and tear the barrier down to bring them to you. That church was, was packed. Man, it had a band up there, flashing lights. It had a smoke screen Good during place. the worship service. It was, and it was songs that you normally sing. But all that took distracted, in my opinion, distracted away from worshiping God. Now the, they wanted you to have an experience. Yes, yes, they wanted you to experience it and 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 the glamour. And then this guy gets up there, and he didn't have a normal pulpit. He had he had uh, it had like a runway for a modeling thing that came out, and he yeah. was and he was on that and and so he was standing kind of in the middle of everybody so he didn't have a, a normal podium that was there yeah. he just he would just stand there holding his, his his well he didn't have the bible he had um um holding his thing yeah yeah and his then, message thing and then he he whatever. turned around and and he would talk in all 360 degrees because that's how everybody was yeah and i said he was a sinner. He had made him the center of everybody the looking. Focus. And then he took away from God yeah. and said, we need to be like the world. That's what's going on. That's what's the problem with our churches today is people are taking that away, John. They're taking the Word of God and making it to be something that it is not. Yeah, yeah. And, and not just the theology. So you're talking about here... Um, you know, eyes have not seen or ears have heard because and they're looking at the future. And that's one way of looking at it that they're that we're taking things out of context. And that's the way and, it was written in Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah wrote it to look ahead. Yeah, but, he, was and he did. Because he was, yes. Well, the prophecy was fulfilled in the fact that when God revealed yeah. it to Paul, Paul had the mystery. Well, it's when, been revealed. When Jesus died on the cross and was raised from dead, then we are baptized by the Holy Spirit at that point yeah. so we can receive the Word. You go back into Proverbs and talk about and, and look at Proverbs chapter 2. It says, if you seek after God, yeah. if you seek His knowledge and His wisdom, if you apply that Word to your heart, then He will look, show you the wisdom and knowledge that He's but, got. But when the Holy Spirit was given and that Word was written in their hearts. Yes. And so you can see when you when you receive the Holy Jesus as your Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit. And and that that will help you when you're reading the Bible decipher. Yeah. You've got the light of the world and when the light of the world shines, you can see. Well, that's better than having a, a bunch of coping skills you get from modern psychology you got the answer to all these things not just something you can continue on with it just learn to cope with yeah and 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 you don't have to fit in with the world to be in fact you don't if to be a christian you don't fit in with the world and that's 
And you don't fit in with religious people either. Mm-mm. No. Religious people have more of a problem with me than the non-religious people. Yeah, because... Atheists don't have as much of a problem with me as, as religious people. Which, which, is, which comes back to what we're talking about, about interpretations yeah. and things, is, is when a religious person goes on a works-type doctrine where you've got to do certain things mm-hmm. or where, where your acceptance is based on what you do. Yeah, and failure is like, not an option. Like going through some kind of program or, 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 mm-hmm. or following a, or, or, or a procedure. <laughs> yeah. or Look, there are churches that before the, before the service, they, everybody knows what they're going to be the, the, during the song service. All the people involved in the song service know exactly what they're going to play and what they're going to sing, how many times they're going to sing it, and they don't deviate from that because it is the way they do things they've got those parameters and the pastor preaches a message and he pre and he's almost preaching his notes word for word and they go over it and they have it down to a and there's no that just reminds me of the responsive readings that we used to do (laughs) (laughs) i never did participate because i read on a third grade level (laughs) so yeah did you, you never did you never went through that did you? I did I, I did, did I remember I just didn't read I, I just, was back of the old Broadman him in Methodist used to do the same thing yeah. too you know and, and at a certain point in time and I'm not I'm not criti- being critical of any one particular group but I'm just saying I remember we used to attend a Methodist church when you know when I, and, and my dad's uh, sisters were Methodist one of them was and we'd go over there. It's a wonderful service now, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at certain times in that service, you stood up and you did certain things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you stood up and you, the, uh, the, the minister, the preacher, whoever was sitting up, he, he'd open the back of there, turn number 432 in your responsive reads, and he'd read something, and then you'd respond back to it. Yeah. And I remember everybody had kind of got in a monotone like this when they read it back to him. And it went on like that. And then the next thing you know, and it, he came down and, and then... The next thing you did is you repeated the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I went to a Catholic wedding one time, and uh, they did all. And I never. And this was back when I was a teenager, and I never experienced anything like that. And I'm not, I'm not pro or con or anything on on different religions. Um, um, and I'm not gonna get into that today. But they went through a, a mass, and and I'm over there. I didn't know anything was going on. They like kneel, stand up, sit down, squat. I mean, you know. And uh, we went through full communion during that time and all this. And and, uh, and the guy next to me, he didn't know anything about church at all. Yeah. He's like, what's communion? And I was like, we don't have time to talk about that right now. <laughs> I said, I know what it is in a Baptist church. <laughs> but, but, but Jeff, don't, don't you think that what we're talking about and the things that, that, that's come out with this, that what's happened is, is we've taken this book and kind of put it in a blender and hit frappe and got it all blended together and now everybody's going to pull it out and take a little, take a little drink out of it and everybody's going to get everything when it doesn't all apply. It's all written for our learning, but that's not necessarily means that it applies to us. You're right. And here's, the, here's what's happened, John. What's happened is Christianity has become the default religion. Okay. Let me tell you, I have been preaching for 22 years. I've been pastoring for over 16 now. 
Um, I have I, I worked in churches uh, since 1992, and I didn't. I don't know if you knew all that, but uh, no, no. But but see, the word that you said just came out as religion. Yeah, well, it's he, become a religion. Yeah, well, it has. Christianity has become the default religion, and here's here's the thing: religion is anything you worship or have. Atheism is a religion. Yeah. Uh, Muslim is or Islam is a religion. Uh, Scientology is a religion. Christianity is a religion. All these things are religions. Just like um, Muslims and Christians have something in common. They both are monotheistic. Yeah. They have one God. And uh, though it's not the same God, where where Hinduism is a religion, many but it, gods, but it has many gods, and you become one with the universe. Yeah. <clears throat> but just because it's a religion doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it. But Christianity has become the default religion. In all my years of working in the church, from a youth leader to a pastor to and all that, I've been to numerous funerals. I preached. Um, for the last 16 years, I've probably preached well over 160 um, funerals. Yeah. I have only had one person that I preached a funeral for where the family members went, how are you going to preach this funeral? Because you know that person's burning in hell right now. And uh, seriously, I and, know. and the rest of them, Everybody's up there looking down on yes, this. I've had people tell me, Oh, Mama just is up in heaven with her friends, even though she was. And then they go on and tell me about Mama or Daddy or a brother or sister and how their life. And nowhere in there did they describe that they were a Christian. Nowhere in there did they describe that they attended church, worked in the church, yeah. served God, glorified God, sang for God, uh, ministered for God. They talk about how they, um, you know made money or they talk about how they finagled things or how they were uh, how much moonshine they made yeah Yeah. how they could out drink other people or how they could and and I'm not they uh, just basically a worldly life yeah Yeah. and then they go but she's in heaven with all her friends right now I bet they're up there sewing yeah no I know know. she's burning in hell based on what you just got there telling me but nobody I, I got I got I know people that have um, sent me messages going. Could you send up some good vibes for my my spouse or for my hey. my mama? Uh, and I'm going. I'm not sure what a vibe is. I mean, all I can do is pray for you. I don't know how to send up a good vibe. I, um, um, See, that's that that's that positive mental attitude stuff that's come in. Yes. Well, here's the here's the issue on this, John. Is I've I've dealt with all that, and these people never darken the door of a church. They never worship God. They never called on the name of the Lord. When you talk to them about it, they don't. They change the subject, and then they die, and everybody wants them to be in heaven. Christianity has become the default religion. Well, I'm not atheist. I'm not. I know there's a God. I'm not Muslim because I, I don't believe in the Muslim way and I don't read the Quran Uh, I'm not Scientology I don't believe in Hinduism I don't believe in I'm not a Mormon I'm not a Catholic so I must be a Christian Christian. yeah Yeah. and that's not true that's that's kind of borderline universalism though isn't it it kind of is but let's see people don't know what universalism is and uh, 
I did ask a guy, I said, have you ever, do you know what universalism is? He goes, oh yeah. He goes, I went to a universalist church one time. And he goes, the person got up there and goes, if you want to pray to a God that you believe in, you can. If you don't, that's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, kind of like most people don't know what socialism is now. Oh, right? uh, yeah. And that's another story. We're not going there. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. That everything's been twisted around so that the, the Bible has been torn apart so much that everybody thinks they're going to heaven because they want to go to heaven. Yeah. They're not going there there's no receiving Jesus as your savior and there's no repentance. Repentance most people don't even know what repentance is. True. Because True. it's not preached. ABCs uh, admit you're a sinner, believe that Jesus died on the cross, was raised from the dead and confess that you're a sinner and you need Jesus as your savior and you're you're saved. Well, that's the basic things, but it, they leave out repentance. Which means that you, when you, you give your life to Christ, you make a U-turn. You're not living for yourself. You're living for God now. Yeah. You're a new person. The old you is, is, is dead and gone. They take all that and just throw it away. I believe and And there's a lot of people, and that's, a, as a pastor, the scariest thing for me. Oh, I know. I know. Is baptizing somebody. And I can... I, there, there are people that I want to go to them and look them in the eye and go, I never should have baptized you because yeah. based on the way you live, you're going to hell. And they'll get mad at me and call me a judge, yeah. judging them. And I'd look at them and go, they will know you by the fruit that you yeah. bear. But see, we've taken the Scripture. if you get, And made something out of it mm-hmm. to fit our own views and opinions and beliefs. I've asked people, what we wanted to believe. I've asked people, they go, I go, you going to heaven? They go, yeah. I said, how do you know? Well, I'm a member of Reed's Chapel Baptist Church. Or I'm a member of First Baptist Church. Or I'm a member of uh, uh, such and such United Methodist. Or I'm a member of... and They're a member of the church. I had the oil of a Ford car run down my arm one time. Does that make me a Ford? <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, I believe. I mean, it. I got my whole hey, oil was covered in that oil. I'll go one better. I think you've had more than just one time had oil on oh, you from, from a Ford. It's been several and, times. And you're still not a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sit in the carport one day for about four hours making sounds and blowing and going beep, 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 beep. Does mm-hmm. that make me a car? That makes you weird, but not a car. <laughs> Even if I got the oil on my Yes, you're just that much more strange. So, <laughs> well, I'm strange anyway. Anybody who really knows me knows I'm strange. Oh, uh, so so we can come sit in church, pick a church any church, and go through all the processes and the rigmaroles and procedures, and, and and drink the juice and eat the little square pieces of bread that don't taste funny, and go through all of this other stuff and run up and down the aisle, scream, holler, and speak in some kind of gibberish that we don't know and still not go to heaven. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. And why is that? Because you have to believe and confess. You have to become something different than what you normally are, which is a child of God. You have to, in the way Paul writes it is, you have to put away the old you and let the, new, the old you is dead and gone and the new you, you have to put on. So basically, man. we have to go through here and stop picking out the, the pieces of meat that we want to eat out of the pecan shell of the book, right? Yes. And, and believe what it, it, and realize what it truly says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart. 
mm-hmm. and and then you are a new person. And it, by grace, you're saved through faith. Yes. Nothing else. Well, you have to. When you become that new person, you become a new a new person. You have new desires, and that's the sign. That's the outflow. Yes, that's the signals when that change comes, and we truly accept that, or, and and that comes in our lives. Then that's the outflow into the work that proves what Mark says right here in 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 this in 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 the Gospel of Mark. This is not the proof. The proof is our life is changed, and we become somebody else living another life. Because of what's changed within us. Uh, look, a caterpillar morphs into a butterfly. The caterpillar is an ugly green worm that walks around on the ground and and desires to eat leaves. And a cat uh, and a butterfly. I thought it was a yellow thing. It put out a lot of black smoke. <laughs> yeah, different type of caterpillar. It doesn't morph. It just it gets old and rust. But a cat, but a uh, but a butterfly is a beautiful creature that desires to fly around. It does not desire to crawl around. It desires to fly around. It has become a new creature. Mm-hmm. When a when a woman gets pregnant, there is an egg and it gets fertilized and it and all of a sudden it starts developing into this human, and there becomes a heartbeat and there becomes. But the but the human at the same time is not is is feeding off of the mom. Mm-hmm. Everything the mom eats, the baby eats, and the baby goes through this. Everything's through that ambivalent cord. I'm not a doctor, so I can't pronounce. Doctor you almost words. said the unbiblical cord. <laughs> yes, the biblical cord. But anyway, everything in that baby is born and when that baby is born it desires to eat on its own and it desires it breathes on its own and eats on its own and it survives on its own it no longer seeks after the the nutritions now don't get me wrong i know that a lot of babies nurse off their mom but they'll nurse off a bottle they'll nurse off a, a bottle or their mom but as time goes on, they develop into, into into a new creature, and not a single one of us wants to go back to being in the belly of the of the mom. We we don't want to stay on. Look, I'll never forget the face my my kid made the first time they had that ground up food. You know, you, you I'll never the, know that. <laughs> I, I used to everything all that baby food I, I take a bite out of it and yeah. I, it's, you start out on parade food and generally you end on parade <laughs> yeah, yeah I agree with that because when I go to the nurse's home it looks the same it's just it's, start out in diapers you end up the same way it's, but uh, <laughs> but anyway I take a bite out of it and I go mm, that tastes just like green beans that tastes just like but I'll never forget the first time I gave my kids uh, a bite of like uh, applesauce or or peaches or 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 something like that that was kind of mm-hmm. sweet, mm-hmm. Uh, a fruit, and they took that and stuff and they went, man, they lit up. I, I'll never forget the first. I used to get I, I did vegetables before I did any kind of fruit. Yeah, yeah. I did I did two or three vegetables and, and I can remember and they didn't want. Man, they they didn't really like that bottle after they started eating that yeah, food. They're like, right. hey, give me that. They'll drink out that bottle. Yeah, and. Uh, but you, you want me to tell you how I got my kids to learn how to drink out of a straw? Yoo-hoo cartons. I put that yoo-hoo carton in there, and I say, I say, you have to 
suck on that straw and they didn't know what to do and I squeezed that box and that you who went up there and, and I got four kids and four times that straw didn't get uh, clear again until after that box was empty. <laughs> and they never wanted to go back to that baby formula. That comes back to this, Jeff. Isn't that what Paul said when he says, you're like children? Mm-hmm. That I can't feed you meat because yeah. all you've drank is milk? And that's taking pieces out of the Bible so that we can under, so that we get the baby steps of it and we don't put the rest of it back in. Yeah. And the next thing you know is we're picking and choosing the Scriptures out. But if you're a baby and as you do develop, you become somebody different and you don't want that. Yeah. None of us want parade food yeah. to eat. None, we, we're, we're off the baby baby food. We don't go to the grocery store and buy us a bottle, a jar of baby food to eat because we, we want real food. Yeah. And yeah. the reason why is because we've developed and we become someone new. If you're a true child of God, you will want to develop. Yeah. You will stop wanting to yeah. eat to drink the milk and you'll want to eat the meat and potatoes. And you, you will speak with that new tongue. You will speak with a new tongue. Yeah. And and you will become someone that you were not. And it will be evident because your fruit that you pr- produce will be something different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we've got to quit taking bits and pieces of the Bible out that satisfy us and put the whole thing together. I tell people when you study a verse in the Bible, you need to read the chapter before it. Yeah the chapter it's in and the chapter after it. You need to decipher what is going on in those chapters. Is it historical? Is it is it prophetic? Is it is what what is going on? What's the message? And then it bothers the dickens out of me when I hear well God can tell me one thing can mean one thing to me and something else to you. Yeah. No, it can't. Yeah. God is telling us something and we need to decipher what God is telling us, not what we're trying to interpret out of it. And that goes back to it being a progressive book. Yes, it is a book of progression, but it is not a progressive book. Absolutely. It wants us to move through it, through the plan, Mm -hmm. and progress through from one end to the other. Yes. It's a plan from the Garden of Eden to the book of Revelation. And we are to progress through it by following the directions of the book. So what is what is preaching your original question? It's proclaiming the truth of the Scripture and doing it accurately. Yes. I would say it's helping others learn how to glorify God by using the whole Bible and not just pieces of it. That's pretty good. I'll never repeat that again. Wow, 38 minutes. Wow, we did go kind of over, didn't we? Yes. I hope you had listened to this. You have a good, blessed day. I hope you learned something else. Me and John are sporadic, but hey, so are most people. Um, we'll be praying for you. Um, let's end with a word. Father, thank you so much for this day. Father, help us to decipher your word and to get the whole word and not just to pick, bit, pick bits and pieces out of it to satisfy our soul. Father, we ask you, Lord, to be with anyone who listens to this. In Jesus' name, amen.